Fortune was on my side, and I was finally able to ask on an Instagram poll, what would you like to read? And you answered, The Lustful Turk. So guess what, kids? We're going to be reading select passages from The Lustful Turk. Are you ready? <laughs> Tis the season. I hope you're ready to spend a naughty holiday season together. You won't need your hot beverage or a crackling fire to keep you warm. No, no, no. This holiday season, I'll be keeping you warm with all sorts of lustful, carnal, dare I say, obscene tales from the masters of smut. Grab your favorite ardent spirit. Ardent spirit? Aquavitae, grog, hooch, alcohol, my love. Get cozy and let your mind wander as you listen to me read indecent and downright lewd passages from selected Victorian erotica. Listener's discretion is strongly advised, as I'll be reading sexually explicit material. You have been warned. Welcome, friends, to a brand new week and a brand new episode of our Drunk and Smutty Christmas series. As I mentioned in the beginning, I asked in an Instagram poll, what would you prefer for me to read? The Lustful Turk or A Night in a Moorish Harem? And it was decided, not by myself, but by you, that we were going to read The Lustful Turk. So before we get into select passages, I wanted to talk a little bit more about what the lustful Turk is all about. So here we go. Oh, and also try to ignore the fact that I have a bit of a stuffy nose. <laughs> I'm having allergies. So I might sound a bit strange. So sorry about that. But you know, you might hear me breathing more from my mouth. So sorry about that. <laughs> I can't breathe through my nose. <laughs> so the lustful Turk was written actually it's pre-victorian it was written in 1828 and it was anonymously written um and it was published by the infamous london pornographers john benjamin brooks and william dugdale so the lustful turk was actually adopted into a 1968 film by david friedman and it's notable for its blend of popular literary styles including the epistolary narrative the novel of sensibility and gothic romance. So The Lustful Turk influenced countless authors of erotica from the Victorian era onward. So in a series of letters to her friend Sylvia, Emily Barlow recounts her fateful voyage to India. She's captured by pirates on the high seas and Emily is taken to the harem of Ali, a regent of Algiers. So Emily is held against her will and she's tortured and subjected to sexual acts previously unknown to her. Um, one of the letters is discovered by Ali and he organizes Sylvia's abduction and reunites the friends in his harem. 
So as the story unfolds, graphic sex gives way to a plot to violently overthrow Ali and free his many captives. So The Lustful Turk is a controversial story that meets time-honored taboos head-on, depicting graphic scenes of lust, castration, and rape. Condemned upon publication for obscenity, the novel is recognized today as an important work of Victorian erotica and as a harmful um, example of Orientalist tropes. So I'm going to repeat myself, as I do quite often, listener's discretion is strongly advised. So I've decided that I'll be reading from letter four, where Emily recounts to her friend um, in a letter um, the story of the Italian lady who was captured and taken to Ali, the regent. A quick background is that the Italian was born in Genoa, and was captured along with her husband, Ludovico, when they were on their way to Corsica. So just to say that letter four is one of the longest letters, so that's why I've decided to take just this part of the Italian lady, because it goes on and on and on, but I decided to take this small part of letter four. It was still early in the morning, When we had finished our repast, he tenderly inquired if I felt inclined to refresh myself by taking some repose alone. He could not have proposed anything more agreeable, which must have been evident by the immediate assent I gave to his offer. I was directly supported by him to a sleeping apartment where, after again and again tenderly kissing me, he left me with a female slave who soon undressed me, and in a soft slumber which I soon fell into, my misfortunes were forgotten. My sleep was long and of course refreshing. I was awoken by the slave, who informed me that dinner was nearly ready. I got up and was assisted by her to dress. I then took dinner. After dinner, the slave drew my attention to a large quantity of books in my own language, which the day had caused to be sent to me. I found them to consist of our choicest authors. In my sitting room, he had occasioned a grand pianoforte to be placed, also an excellent lute, with a quantity of music that I might not want amusement. I soon found several large portfolios of all kinds of prints, which alone were an exhaustible store of amusement. The time imperceptibly passed in inspecting the various things which were placed for my recreation, until the slave reminded me that it was time I retired, as it was the day's intention to pass the night with me. What could I do? Resistance was now out of the question. My virtue and modesty had received their mortal wounds. I had, even if I wished, no resource. Indeed, nothing was left to me but to submit to my fate. Scarcely knowing where I was going, I was conducted to the bedchamber, and soon was reduced to a proper state to meet the day's desires. Being placed in bed in a state of panting, blushing confusion, very little different from the state I was in in the morning when he debauched me. I was not long kept in suspense. I soon found myself in his strong arms, but oh, how changed I now found him. All the authority of a master which he had so strongly assumed in the morning was now lost in the most passionate and tender regards of a most devoted and even submissive lover. Even poor Ludovico could not be more so. I soon found his present proceedings more fatal to my morality than all the favors he had ravished from me by force under the influence of punishment. Indeed, I cannot explain the feeling he soon created. 
As I lay on his bosom, he kissed me in a manner quite new, keeping my mouth to his several minutes, every now and then thrusting in his tongue and sucking mine. All the time he was doing this, his hand was traveling over every part of my body with burning touches, creating the greatest disorder. The unopposed enjoyment of my lips and feeling every secret beauty I possessed had now so heated his spirits that to prevent the fluid that was boiling within him being improperly lost, it was absolutely necessary there should be no delay in my resigning to him the possession of the gates of pleasure. So far had his pressures and touches heated and inflamed me that he found no obstacle in turning me on my back and again placing himself between my extended thighs. I scarcely recollect how it was, but I certainly felt at that moment he was fixing his instrument, the soft prelude of pleasure illuminating within me. From trembling and fear, I already began to desire, and good God, how can I describe the surprise I felt when with one energetic shove, he lodged himself up to the hilt in me without the smallest sensation of pain. Oh, oh my... Never, oh never shall I forget the delicious transports that followed, the stiff insertion, and then, ah me, by what thrilling degrees did he, by his luxurious movements, fiery kisses, and strange touches of his hand in the most private parts of my body, reduce me to a voluptuous state of insensibility. Wh wh what? <laughs> I blush to say, so powerfully did his ravishing instrument stir up nature within me that by mere instinct I returned him kiss for kiss, responsively meeting his fierce thrusts, until the fury of the pleasure and ravishment became so overpowering that, unable longer to support the excitement I so luxuriously felt, I fainted in his arms with pleasure. Ludovico, the flogging, and everything else was entirely driven out of my head. <laughs> oh my. Can I just say that I've come pretty hard in my life. Never, though. Never have I come so hard that I've fainted. And I would like to know, has anybody else fainted from coming so hard? Please send us an email at beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com. I would like to hear your damn experiences. Have you come so hard that you fainted? Let me know. <clears throat> now back to the story. So lively, so repeated were the enjoyments that the day caused me to participate in with him, I wondered how nature could have slumbered so long within me. I was lost in astonishment that in all the caresses I received from Ludovico, he had not contrived to give the slightest alarm or feeling to nature. I could not help smiling at my ignorance when I considered the ridiculous airs I had assumed to Lodovico about my chastity. The day, indeed, had soon discovered my folly, and like a man of sense took the proper method to subdue me. In this way, in one short night, you see, he put to the rout all my pure modest virgin scruples, rapturously teaching me the nature of love's sacred mysteries, and the great end for which we poor weak females are created. What, uh, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse you? This motherfucker. It just goes to show you that the lustful Turk was written by a white, cisgendered, sexist, misogynistic, racist male back in pre-Victorian time. <clears throat> During the first month of my captivity, my senses were kept in such a continual flow of rapture 
that what with sustaining his embraces at night and refreshing myself with sleep during the day, I had little else to do. But by degrees his visits to my apartment became less and less frequent. From the numerous beauties that came into his possession, it could not be otherwise. But when I am honored with embraces, so tender, so kind are his caresses, that I feel sufficiently repaid for his long absence, although I cannot but wish his visits were more frequent. But I am content with my lot. I have now been in the harem nearly two years. This is my short story. Of Ludovico, I have never heard anything since we parted, and under all circumstances, I think it as well I should not, for it would now be impossible for me to return to him with anything like satisfaction to myself. So firmly has the day fixed himself in my affections. I have now, dear Sylvia, given you the history of the Italian beauty. And with that, my loves, we have come to the end of The Lustful Turk, letter four. If you're interested in reading the rest of The Lustful Turk, then I suggest you download Scribed. That's Scribed, S-C-R-I-B-D. You can download it from the App Store, Google Play, or get it on your Kindle Fire. By paying a monthly subscription fee, you have access to an unlimited number of books, audiobooks, magazines, and more. So I would definitely say you should download Scribed and check it out. There's so many titles and I've been using it since this summer. I'll add it to my show notes and you can check it out. With all that being said, I hope you did enjoy the short passage from The Lustful Turk which was written anonymously. Before bidding you good night, I wanted to wish you all happy holidays, my sugar babies. Be safe, and you will hear from me next week with our last drunk and smutty holiday episode. Bye!